everybody. Welcome to Read This, Read That. I'm Jackie Reed, and sitting in for my cousin, Joanne, is the one and only Chris Witherspoon. Hey, y'all. I'm back. Oh, my God. I love it when you're here. I love it when I'm here, too. And I really miss being here. Yeah. And I feel like we were dating, or we're, like, in the entry of dating, and you keep checking your phone to see if they Right. You. Then I got that magic text from Brianna, like and I was me? like, I am on my way, honey. <laughs> <laughs> and we have so much to talk about, but first, we have to wind it down and find out what's been going on in our lives. What's going on with you? What's going on with that beautiful little boy? But you know what? Let me... Oh, my son, he's amazing. Oh, he's he's so going to be seven in two weeks, which what? is kind of blowing my... It's blowing my mind. It's oh. blowing my mind. He was gone in Dominican Republic for three and a half weeks with his mother on like a little vacation. Right. Longest time he's ever been away from me, but he came back speaking Spanish. I feel like he grew like two inches, and it, it just made me... It's making me cherish the time yeah. that we have more because I see how fast it's going by yeah. and how fast it's growing up. But my wind down today is all about mental health awareness. Mm. Um, I went to see a therapist. I'm going to be very, very transparent, y'all. Happy to hear that. I went that. to see a therapist for the first time in my life mm. yesterday. I just felt like, you know, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur right now. I'm in this space where I'm trying to be great. And yeah. I feel like I want to be a leader and I want to be strong and I don't want to ever, you know, uh, succumb to anxiety or feeling, you know, fearful about what I'm doing. So I went to see a therapist and I walked in the woman who who I met with, her name is Migdalia. Mm. She's Puerto Rican, and she's like a woman who's, I would say, about like 55 or 60. Okay. And I walk in, I sit down, I'm like, this is going to be bad. Like, she does not, she's not going to know my world or know where I'm coming from or relate to my experience. But let me tell you, like 10 minutes in, she was able to get me to open up in a way that nobody has. Did you um, cry? Girl, I was crying. I was, snot <laughs> was running out of my nose. I couldn't breathe you through my nose. ugly cry. I was like choking. No, because, because what? What she really made me realize is as an adult, what we go through with our careers and any sort of anxiety that we feel or any sort of, um, you know, fear, there's a root in our childhood that stems back to, you know, how we deal with those feelings. Mm. And so what her whole thing is you have to heal your past to be strong in your future and in your present. Mm. So she, girl, she had me peeling back things I really haven't talked about before. Right. And pretty much forgot about it. Yeah. And I, I, can I tell you, it's the most healthy experience, healthiest hour I've had in my 30s, in my 20s. What made you go? Was there a moment, Some, you know, was it, you know, stress, pressure? Yeah, oh, child, it was stress. It, yeah. it was, so you guys all know I'm launching this app. Yeah, um, I'm so I'm, excited I'm, I'm, I'm towards it. what I'm calling the final stretch to the start line. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm preparing to run this race, and it's just throwing myself into this business world and trying to fundraise and trying to develop and code and all these things I never have done. It's causing me to have anxiety. I'm not sleeping as well as I used to and I feel like I'm I'm excited I'm not so much like headed towards a nervous breakdown it's more just like this excitement of the unknown and a little bit of fear and a little bit of anxiousness and I said you know what I want to I want to make sure as I progress towards this start line that I remain you know, conscious of what I'm feeling and conscious of the best way to deal with it, mm. you know, of dealing with 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 not sleeping. Because I used to work for a CEO, um, the, the, the CEO of NBC Universal, and I'll never forget how he, you know, he didn't sleep more than three hours a night. And that's just, that's just, just how it is. not healthy. And I think when you, when you go into that phase of being a CEO and having businesses and having a brand, you suddenly can't turn off. And I was feeling that. I'm beginning to mm. feel that, not even having been launched yet, but I'm feeling it, like yeah. the deals that I'm You've launched, to. I mean, not officially, but behind the scenes, yeah. you're working on it. So you know what I mean? You've launched within. Yes. But I'm just giving you a long-winded, you know, statement that I think no, but mental I love health it. I think is so important. important. Yeah. In the black community, especially with men, we are taught to carry these these burdens and these bags and these this luggage of life and not talk about it. Like talking about your past and, and, and crying and, and, and sort of grieving and healing can sometimes seem like you're weak. Yeah. It's not a sign of strength. But I'm learning that the great people, the Oprahs of the world, the folks that we really admire in this industry, they go and they see a therapist regularly. And we have insurance now in this country where it's covered. You know, so instead of being... Is yours covered? Yeah. Your Therapy is covered for all... If you have oh. any major insurance... Wow. I think you can go see a therapist. And there's also, if you don't, a lot of clinics in major cities. Uh, and, and, and they go for, you know, if, if you're a woman, there's clinics for women. There's clinics for, for gay men, for straight, for anything. But let me just say, you can't just roll up. You have to. <laughs> you do. You do have to, like when you're looking for the right attorney or even I, I would compare it to the right house for you. You, you know, I, I tell people to always... Do an interview. Yep. See if the person is a right fit for because every therapist out there is not 
the therapist for you. That's so true. You know what I mean? There has to be a rhythm. It is a relationship. Mm -hmm. And someone can be a great counselor, a great therapist, but they might not be the person to unlock and help you get to your mental best. And I think that you have to be ready to take that leap and to to be in that place of being vulnerable and being honest. Like Migdalia, I like to say her name, one of the things she said was halfway through was that you're actually ready for this. Like you're ready to heal the past and you're ready to move forward because you're working with me. Like we're actually making progress. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people come in and they want to, you know, be therapized and, and, and heal but they sit down and they're like, you know, they're closed off. They're not really going through the exercises, you know, appropriately. Um, and I did. And it was a great feeling. So shout outs to therapy, y'all. Yeah, I had a um, a therapist when I tell people to be careful. Um, she she was a she was a good therapist, but she smoked Ooh. in the room with oh, me. No, no. And I oh. was I was in my 20s. This basic so instinct. I didn't I know <laughs> she had panties on, <laughs> I think. <laughs> But it bothered me, but I never said anything. Okay. okay. And and I it is it, it was such a violation and she never should have done that, but you know, it, it, she helped me get to where I needed to go, which was to break off my um engagement. Okay. At the okay, time, I was okay. like having reservations about getting married and it just didn't feel right, so I was like, let me go to a therapist. So she did help me, but the smoke bothered me. Yeah, so oh while I was God. in there the whole time, I was just like Bitch, I would have been coughing just like once in a while, subtly. So she'd have been like, "Okay, oh wait." I was so young and foolish. I wish I had said something, but yeah, I definitely am an advocate for therapy. I have seen therapists throughout my life for various reasons, Um, and I'm shopping for one now. But I'm trying to find somebody who takes insurance. My insurance. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna help you because I think it's important. I think it's important too. I'm in the market. Yeah, just for anybody who's listening, don't just think, okay, I'm a black woman. I need to find a black woman. And that's where I am. Don't don't be in that mindset because you'd be surprised the walls that you might have up around someone who looks like you. Right. Someone who you think, you know, you know, and you automatically make all these assumptions about what they what they know about your journey. And it's almost better to have a clean slate and someone that you do not know that does not look like you and I feel like that experience I overcame with this woman and yeah. and it's something that's very profound and I'll, and I'm tell, I'll tell anybody do not think that you need a certain type of therapist or someone who fits a certain demographic because actually it's kind of the opposite yeah you know really yeah it's almost better it's almost better to have someone who looks nothing like you who comes from does not come from your world I feel like they, I need somebody who's black though you know, I because I, I think I think that my day to day, and this is just me, and I can get what I want, so I'm not afraid to say mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm. I feel like the way that I process racism mm-hmm. in this country and how it impacts my day to day, the last thing I want is to sit across from someone or be in a room with someone who doesn't get it mm. or who like hasn't really experienced it. Um, and they're outside of it. Mm-hmm. That just, for me, it just, I don't know how you know. No, that's true. That's you know true. what I mean? I don't yeah. know how you're going to help me deal with that. I mean, I hear you. I don't think it should keep you from going to a therapist. But as I say, do the work. Spend your time yes. Yes. looking for the right combination. But I want, I want a black woman. Who knows what it's like to be a black woman? But the woman that was smoking on me was a black woman. <laughs> okay, see, see. And let me just say one it was last compromising thing. Compromising my lungs. I mean, personally, as as a gay black man, I have two things that I look for in a therapist. I wanted a black man, and I wanted a gay black man, or a, yeah. a gay black. Per- I'm sorry, a gay person of color. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You can't always get those things. And I sat down with a straight Puerto Rican woman who might be sixty, at or around sixty, and we covered ground that I promise you. I might not have and what I kept thinking was I have friends that look like me I sit down with my guys you know selectively and we'll have drinks or we'll sit down and watch a show and then we'll, we'll, we'll do like these are the moments we're talking about what we're going through but it was something about being with someone who looks nothing like my circle of my friends who asked me questions that none of my friends would have asked me because they're not trying to empathize they're trying to get to the root of what I'm going through yeah I get that I know I, you know it's so funny I'm at that age now where I'm starting to realize that People that are younger than me are, are you know, part of my experience. Like, I go into a doctor's office, and it's like, this doctor is younger, younger than, than me. me. And yep. I'm like, I feel some kind of way about that sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I want to go to a therapist 
that's younger than me. I want yeah. someone who has wisdom. Yep. I'm very picky about my therapist. I'm, I'm telling Chris. you. I'm very, very picky. I understand. I need a black woman who takes my insurance. Hello, <laughs> Blue Cross Blue Shield. <laughs> yes, come on. Um, and who's, you know, who's lived. And um, would you do therapy like via FaceTime or because that's a new thing? I would. Too. Okay. It is. I would. I don't. I don't. I don't have time to be running around. It, okay. Yeah, I would definitely. I'd love to do the first visit face to face just okay. so I can feel their energy. Yep. But it's all about. I mean, I've been in therapy, and someone who said something that rubbed me the wrong way, it just changes everything. Wow. It's just like I can't. Oh my god. I can't okay. hear anything else you say. Wow. Yeah. Like, but you you know what after what I experienced, I think about so many people that I know that I that I want to say, girl, you should get some therapy or or, or like my friend, but I don't want to say it, but yeah. now I kind of want to say it. I, I say it. Do you? Okay. I do. Okay. I I do. I'm like, have you I said to somebody today, girl, have you thought about there? No. I said it yesterday to a male friend of mine who's going through some things and I said, you know what? You need to be in therapy. Wow. You need to I be like in therapy. I feel like I literally now, like this morning I woke up and I, th- I thought about like six different friends. Yeah. Six different close friends that I genuinely now feel could benefit from what I'm about Everybody to... can. Yeah. Everybody It's like, how do you can. say that gracefully without making your friend feel a certain Listen, kind of way? It, it, you know, girl, where'd you get those shoes? <laughs> you need therapy. <laughs> <laughs> It listen. It's just. It's I just, just. I just died. Everybody's just died. in therapy. Everybody's in therapy now. You can say it, girl. You want some wine? Are you in therapy, girl? You should be. I like your hair. Yes. Who's your therapist, girl? I got somebody for you. You know, I'm gonna get like little therapy gift cards for Christmas. Yeah. Not some of my friends. That's genius. Perfect. Get like some little therapy gift cards. Yes. And give them out to keep to like a few of my friends. Therapy on me. You know what would be cute? What? To have like a therapist that we like uh-huh. have like a little cocktail hour. I love where that. Where the therapist can talk with different people you or watch sit the in the front of the room. They did that one time. Oh, oh yeah. But they brought the women together. It was yes. a black, I think it was a black woman. It was Dr. Was Sherry, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. And she was just trying to unpack each of the, you know, the root for each of them yeah. that causes them to go to a certain level when they're around the girls. Yeah. I think I just think that it's something that that we need now more than ever. I agree with the twenty four hour news cycle that we're facing, and with what's going on. Yes, with politics. Child, right now. yes, we that. need it. We need, we need it, it. We definitely need it. Well, our wind down was combined. Yeah, it was combined. Yeah, I, I was because I I praise praise be praise be. I love the yeah. whole therapy talk. I love mental health conversation. Okay, so we need you. to have it. You know, you need to hold me to I'm it. I'm gonna hold you to it. But I'm trying to find year, somebody. No, by the end of this year. I okay. Here on this podcast, you say you went to your first therapy session. I'm gonna okay. say it. I mean, I've been to a therapist well, your first this therapy year. Session. Oh, you have? Yeah, but I, it, it didn't work out. Okay. Were they smoking as well? It was a white man. Okay. Well, was he smoking? No, he didn't smoke. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're gonna find you somebody. I need a black woman. Hey, I know somebody out there knows the people therapist are listening. For me. They're gonna you, you gonna get a DM send me some recommendations. Yep. Yes. Yes. I need somebody good though. I got a lot to unpack. <laughs> I love it. I'm a case. <laughs> no, you're not, Jackie. No, I'm not. I'm a good person. But I feel like the but, most important thing is just working through things continuously. You know, the the answer is not going to be, or the problem is not going to be solved in 60 minutes. It's not. Not in one session. Yeah. And, and it's good to bounce things off of someone else, and it's good to have someone there who doesn't have skin in the game. And that's what I was that saying. That they're completely yeah. independent of your life other mm-hmm. than they're here to hear you talk about what's going on. So you ever talk to a friend about something and they come back with like some advice that's just not right because they may be dealing with their mm-hmm, own stuff. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you go to a therapist, they are there for you to deal with the issues that you have and yeah. help you deal with them. And then put like little cute labels to things. Like she was using some terminology and I was like, ooh, that's, there's a word for that? Like just like things it. from your past. She was talking about like how they can materialize in your presence and she was talking about like different psychological terms. Mm. And it's and this is a very common symptom when you had this experience with your father or with your mother. And I was like, wow, really? Mm. I just thought it was just some effed up, sh- you know? I right. didn't know. I didn't know there were terminologies to go with it. So it makes you feel like you're not like you're not crazy, right? You know, yeah. This is this is real. That you're normal. Yeah, the people study this. You. This is normal. Yeah, that's the thing that therapy does. Mm-hmm. It normalizes mm-hmm. you. It make does it make you feel like there's something wrong with yes. you? Yes. And and the the most important thing she said was she said use your moments of weakness to find your power. Be, oh, want to write that down? Write that <laughs> use down. your moments of weakness to be like aware that's what's be happening on my to you tomorrow. and find your power in that moment because the power is in you. You've already experienced this before in your past. Mm. So how do 
did you come out of it in your past? What was that that face that you put on? That's your powerful character. Find that in your woman's weakness. I love that. I'm gonna put that on my Instagram tomorrow, and I'm not giving you credit. <laughs> oh, you bet, girl. Or I'm your a, therapist. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm I'm tag it as inappropriate content, and I'm gonna say until you at me at with a spoon C. See that drop? Then I'm gonna keep it inappropriate content. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. You can see the content. I love it. <laughs> So she is an American vocalist, record producer, songwriter, musician, author, actress, and activist. Uh, she spent the earlier years of her musical career as a member of the groundbreak, brown, groundbreaking group, LaBelle. Um, and they had the smash hit that you all may know, Lady Marmalade. Which nobody can pronounce. <laughs> I know, and I just probably... <laughs> Except the French. What, what, say, it, say it correctly. Do you... Voulez-vous coucher avec moi oh, yeah. ce soir? Oh. That sounds perfect. You say it so well. <laughs> it's so perfect. Well, I've been singing it for years. <laughs> <laughs> I better know it. <laughs> and the voice that you're hearing is one and only Nona Hendrix. Hi. Hello. Welcome. Hi, hi. Chris and I were so excited that oh you were going to be here today. Oh, wow. There's so uh, much to thank talk you. to you about. Thank you. Um, we wanted to start off asking you about the death of the great Aretha Franklin and mm. um, if you had ever worked with her. I know you knew her, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, what are your thoughts now that she has uh, gone home? Oh, wow. You know, I think I'm still processing it because she played such a major part in my musical uh, listening and hearing and learning and just understanding how you um, move an audience with your voice and, you know, what she meant to, in just so many ways, from uh, as an activist, uh, yeah. the work she did, um, as a leader in the area of, uh, as for women in music and, you know, that she, you know, she took no prisoners. In her, uh, and I think for me, uh, she was an icon, someone and this amazing artist that I looked up to. And then I got to know her from, uh, you know, just show business. And then she uh, started to invite me to her birthdays. Mm -hmm. And then I had conversations with her. And then it was like, you know, at one point it was like, you know, you're actually, you're talking to Aretha. <laughs> you know, you're talking to Aretha. And, like, my, I remember, like, years ago sitting in a train station in New Jersey going to Philadelphia because we had rehearsals for LaBelle and I, or Patty LaBelle and the Bluebells, and I just listened over and over again to the record Dark End of the Street. Mm. But, you know, so she's, like, sort of embedded in my DNA, I think, as she is in probably most anybody who's ever heard her. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the, my ultimate moment with Aretha was when she stopped me as I was going in to an event for Bill Clinton's inauguration, and she was coming out, and she grabbed my arm and said, no, no, write me a song. Oh, my God. Right? Mm. So that's that for me is like, you know, sort of like, and I, I was so stunned. I like was like, wait a minute. Did I hear what I heard? <laughs> I couldn't even hardly respond. And people were ushering her out yeah. and ushering me in. So it was like these two ships passing in the night. And I heard that. And it was like, oh, my God. Aretha just asked me to write her Did song. you end up having, did you have the I opportunity to write something? I eventually did write something. And I, but I sent it to her management, mm -hmm. you know. And I don't know whether it ever reached her or not. Because I never saw her. To actually, last time I saw her, she was at the Y in, at, at the, um, the 92nd Street Y, mm -hmm. and again, it was like a crush of people, yeah. and I only had a chance to, like, give her a hug, and, you know, and I, when when Aretha was on bu business, she was on business, yeah. so I was like, hug, okay, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and let her move on to the rest of the people, so yeah. I don't know. Ah, but... What memories? Yeah. What incredible yeah. memories. I mean, there's so many others that stand out in my mind yeah. from over time and how often she invited me to her shows uh, and sort of pointed me out in the audience. And, you know, it was just really a very special, this relationship that never was, you know, I didn't go to her house and sit around and, and eat and hang out right, like right. that. But it was always this sort of, uh, warm camaraderie and kind of 
in a way, she made me feel special. Yeah. Which was, you know. I love that every personal anecdote that I've heard so far is people saying that she was so down to earth. Yeah. She was just down to earth. She was from Detroit, and wherever she went around the world, she still felt like she was, you know, from a a small town. Yeah, that she moved back there. Yeah, I love that. It was incredible. But, you know, one thing about her is that um, that I've I've been hearing that she liked to stay connected to— you know, up and coming artists, mm-hmm. you know, that, that are new on the scene or have been established as, you know, the, you know, the popular artist of the yes. day. And I wonder for you as a musician, um, you know, what, what you think of the music industry today. And cause I mean, you're still, you know, out there performing you, I think you have a new yeah. album coming out this year or it's already out. I have a, a, an EP mm-hmm. that I released called, yeah. uh, Keep keep on funkin'. Yeah. Like <laughs> keep, on funkin'. keep on funkin'. Right? Hashtag funkin'. I know, right? For everything. That's that, right? <laughs> yes. yes. So that is out. But, you know, right now I'm beginning to work on another one, you know, because because the industry has changed so much. And the fact that I even call it an industry uh, is a change because when I entered, it was called the music business, uh, right? And then it turned into an industry, uh, which is beneficial for a lot of people but for artists it's always been a a struggle I mean there are artists who've done very well uh, and there was a time within uh, the music business where artists could do really well and uh, sustain themselves that has changed so much with the with the internet and with the um, the ability to have thousands and thousands and thousands of more options and more artists and more, you know, so it's it's a very crowded field. Yeah. Uh, I don't know whether people read The Long Tail, but I did. And it's a book about how, uh, with the internet and in modern times, uh, the tail of a dog is, the top of the tail is wide and high, and it uh-huh. goes thin. But you can have, you know, in that curve are thousands and thousands of people who are making less but there's always those few who are at the top of the chain who are making the most. So th- it's it's an interesting read yeah. um, mm-hmm. about. Write that down. Yeah, he he's written quite a. His name is Malcolm Gladwell. He's oh, written, oh, yeah, oh, of course. Okay. Yes, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's written quite a few uh, books about uh, current times and future times. Mm-hmm. Uh, the difficulty, I think, is that you know because of the proliferation of more artists and the internet and the possibilities of making music in this room <laughs> and releasing it um, and for people to do it in their bedroom or, you know, that it's changed the paradigm for um, artists and artists have to find multiple streams of uh, income to replace the one stream because when it was less, it was more. Mm-hmm. And now that it's more, it's less, mm-hmm. which is really an interesting dynamic. Let me ask you, though, if a young girl who was like 13 came up to you and said, you know, Miss Nona, I want to follow in your footsteps. I want to follow in Patti LaBelle's footsteps, from Aretha's footsteps. I want to be in this industry and focus only on being an artist and a performer. Would you say to do that or would you say get your education first and find other sources of income? Because I, I keep hearing mm. that it is hard to make the kind of money mm-hmm. that folks made as music artists 40 years ago in 2018. It's it's hard, but if you are, I mean, you really have to be unique uh, today yeah. to be able to command that kind of attention and income from that attention. And, you know, you just look at someone like a Beyonce or Rihanna or Nicki Minaj. I mean, yes, there are those, but, you know, earlier times, there were more people I could count from Etta James through to Aretha to Gladys Knight to, you know, Mavis to many, mm. many unique uh, voices in our time, Tina Turner, you know, they, so yeah. everybody was able to eat from the table. Mm-hmm. Now the table is <clears throat> kind of like there's a few people at the table mm-hmm. and you have to be really incredibly talented yeah. and unique to get to that table. But and even, even then, it's... you have to be able to stay, sustain yeah. yourself at yeah. that table. Because the people at the table are going like, okay, well, you're here, but uh, I've, got, I've got something else that I'm got putting here. Yeah. So you, yeah. better, you better get yours in here before I get mine there. Because, you know, there's not enough uh, for people. It's a shorter window mm. of 
opportunity to engage an audience. Mm. And if you don't capture that window, it, it closes very quickly. You better lecture. You lecture nothing <laughs> here. Okay. I'm sorry. So let's, let's talk about... <laughs> you are. <laughs> but so, yes, so a young girl, if she was 13, and she was amazingly talented from my point of view, uh, I would say, yes, go for it, but also understand the business that you're getting into. Mm. Yeah, it's a different business. I just want to say, though, just yeah. I, you mentioned some legends just now, mm-hmm. th- those names that you mentioned, and yeah. I was watching the MTV Awards this uh, Monday. I don't mm. know if you watched them. No, I didn't. But all but... I kept thinking was that my generation, um, we don't have up-and-coming legends. And it's so sad mm. to me to think that 40 years from now, you know, these 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 singers aren't, you know, prolific songwriters like you, and, and they're not putting in the work to learn, you know, chords and how to play instruments, and, and you don't hear any major orchestration behind them. It just seems so so flat and, and now and quick mm-hmm. that it makes me sad. You know, I just want to say that. Well, there are well, those I, artists. There are you. some. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I there are, but they, not, not, not like, like you mentioned names. You yeah, mentioned well, a, a, yeah. A swell of names. <laughs> we got like Beyonce. Well, they're not. No, yes. no. You, you've got Layla Hathaway, you've yes. got Lettucey. I mean, you, but I I understand what yeah. you're saying. You're saying they're not the the top tier in yeah, terms of they're like, not getting Grammy the, nominated. They're not. Yeah, the they're not the ones the who business, are. Though, more than it well, is. no, it it is a change of of time. And as I said, you know, if and you know, Layla Hathaway is an amazing. Oh my God, singer, amazing. amazing. Yeah, you know, so the business is part of it, but it's also that. As I said, a lot of the air mm-hmm. is being sucked up by that's that is the long tail. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. The, you're right. The you know those who get pushed out there uh, or push themselves out there or take up all that space. It, there's very little space for a Layla Hathaway for actual Layla, substance. Well, yes. Well, because Layla's not going to be a Beyonce kind of performer. She's not going to be. Layla is a singer. Mm, mm-hmm. And that is, you know, what she does. So she's not going to wear certain clothes. She's not going to, you know, dress or perform and come have a whole retinue of uh, dancers and stuff around her. This is just wouldn't look right, first of all. Right. So, you know, but someone like Rihanna would. Right, you know, and they're sort of sort of following in the steps that, footsteps of Janet Jackson, mm. and you know who was kind of the originator of that kind of performance, or Tina Turner with the I Gets, mm-hmm. right? So, I think it's just a matter of time, you know, in terms of time has changed, and I can argue against it and say that you know I don't like it or <laughs> I don't appreciate it, but I have to understand that. It's never going to be what it was, yeah. that it has moved. And so from, you know, 40 years from now, people will look back at Beyonce and go, you know, what an amazing talent she was. Yeah, She may not have the same qualifications as an Aretha, but she has qualifications for her generation. Mm. Yeah, so true. So true. Well, I have to, I yes. have to talk about. So you're just an old soul. I that, am. He is. That is very true. No, no. I want to ask you about this honor that you've received from Joe's Pub, the Vanguard Residency Award, and uh, for 2018. Yes. And you're going to correct me if I'm wrong. You're going to curate a series of. Um, I have been curating. Yeah. A series, and it's an honor, and it's a job. Yeah. What, is, what does it involve? <laughs> so the honor was uh, that they. Uh, offered this opportunity to me because I've been uh, one of the performers who performed at Joe's Pub quite a few times over the years, right? And uh, they also gave me there's some funding that came with it, so there was a an award of fi- uh, money that came with it from uh, several of the supporters of the 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 public or Joe's Pub, and so I would I can have been allowed to present at Joe's Pub several, uh, one or two or nights a week or once a month, music that uh, of artists and genres that have been a part of my life and my career. Mm-hmm. And some of the artists that who I think are super talented but don't get a chance to uh, be in front of people as often as they should or people don't know about them, so I've been able to present them. At Joe's Pub, I did uh, Rock Solid Women, three nights of uh, poetry, poets, spoken word, 
rock and funk uh, female mm. artists. Nice. Uh, yeah. And, um, you know, so that was really, for me, an opportunity to do that, to give them a platform mm. to be heard, to be seen. Um, I presented a, a show called twice called uh, Parallel Lives, which is uh, something I created for Harlem stage originally mm. on the life of Billie Holiday and Edith Piaf because it was their centennial and that's when I discovered, as I was researching Billie Holiday to create something about her, because there was so much, and I thought, what do I do? Mm. <laughs> I discovered that Edith Piaf was born in the same year, six months uh, after Billie, and that they had their lives were so parallel. Oh, my God, they were. Yeah, and that was really... Uh, I thought it was important to show, in a sense, how Billie was treated as a a criminal and drug addict, and Edith Piaf was treated as an artist with uh, a, an illness. Right. Mm. Because in Europe and in France, you were not uh, targeted as a drug addict, um, and whereas Billy was hounded here by uh, the police and, and the FBI uh, to the point, to, you know, even when she was in the hospital bed dying. So it was important for me to get that across and to share also the songs the music that they that they were the voices of their generation on two different shores. I love that. I love right. that. And we are almost out of time. Oh, we have to sorry. Let you go. But yes. no, no, <laughs> this is lovely. You'll have to come back. Yeah. I do. I don't want to let you get away without talking about sistersmatter.org, the yes. Fab Lab. Tell everybody what that is because I think this is brilliant. It is a, a after-school program for young girls between the age of 14 and 18 to encourage them to uh, get involved in through art, uh, science, math, art, technology, and robotics. And that, for me, the way into a lot of young women uh, to help bridge that gap that I see and I've seen in my own career of uh, the lack of women, female uh, representation in technology mm -hmm. and, uh, and specifically in the future, in the next 20 years, and graduates from college, 27% will go in technology, 3% will be women, and what percentage of that will be young women of color? Mm -hmm. So that is part of my impetus to make sure that we are represented by some young women of color. It is This program is specifically for young women of color. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not being exclusive, but this is, I think, is very important. Yeah. And that's it's going to be here in New York, uh, starts October 2nd, runs through December 16th uh, at a place called High Arts on 99th between 2nd and 3rd, uh, 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock. Tuesdays and, and Thursdays. I love it. And we have two it. young girls who just graduated from Berkeley College oh God, of Music wow. in Boston who are going to teach along with a couple of New York teachers who are uh, volunteering their time. You are a force. Yes. I love that you are <laughs> you doing really this. Are. I love all that you're doing. Thank you for coming in. You're welcome. Thank you. Now I want to stay. <laughs> I want you to stay too. I wish you didn't have to go. Oh. I love it. But yes. you have to come back. Yes. I have got these rehearsals to go to. So. I know. Your yeah. publicist told us, but you'll have to come yeah. back. It's, yeah. it's okay, I will. Absolutely. You taught me a new word, retinue. Oh, retinue. retinue. Yes. I yes. wrote it down. <laughs> I've learned so much. I, this has been an educational experience <laughs> with a legend. I love uh, it. Thank you so much. You two are lovely. Thank you. Oh, yes. All right. Oh, thank you so much. Okay, Chris, you know... Let's talk about Lady O. And okay. I mean, I'm not talking about <laughs> Oprah. I'm talking about Omarosa. But she has one name, y'all. That, that, she's become famous enough now. Well, she's been famous with one name. Mm -hmm. People only know Call her, her as Omarosa. Omarosa. You say Omarosa or Omarosa? I say it two different ways. It depends yeah, it just on depends. who I'm around. Mm -hmm. It is spelled Omarosa. Omarosa. I say Omarosa, but whatever. Yeah. You say Omarosa, I say Omarosa. Mm -hmm. um, like so, okay. So she was up in the White House. Taping people. Everybody, everybody. You know what? I got to say, mm. can I just get this out? Because I have I had a poll. I've been doing these polls with my friends when we're out drinking and, you know, carrying on. And I've asked a few different people, you know, d d 
has she done enough to get her to be, black car back to be invited to the barbecue that's what I'm calling to be invited to the barbecue and I say yes I might get wow. some hate for that but I feel like okay. the fact that she's coming out and she's and she's she's apologizing in a sense she's bringing all these goodies and receipts and gift bags you know from the White House and just all the mess and I, there's even more to come I think I feel like I want her at the barbecue I want her back at the picnic I want to I want to embrace her. I want to get to know her again. Because I feel like people can evolve and change. Well, I don't, you know, I, I don't know if if this is evidence that she's necessarily evolved or changed. It's just interesting to me that never count Omarosa out. Never. You may not like her. You may not want her at the barbecue. But let me tell you something. There I'll are tell lessons you to be learned let by this woman. And listen up. How turn your, turn your volume up. How was she in the situation up. room listen. with recording Mm-mm. devices? She was on Air Force One. She had an ink pen that recorded, I heard. video. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Making video mm-hmm. recordings. Listen, Omarosa was on a late night show this week. I can't remember which one it was. But she said, if you see me in a fight with a bear, pray for the bear. Yes. I screamed. I said that line right there, if you see me in a fight with a bear, pray for the bear. And I feel like she is just, she's one of the fiercest ones out there. And she, she's a survivor. mm -hmm. And I think, but what's brilliant is that she knew from from day one, she was in the midst of a circus show. She knew she was around criminals. And she acted accordingly. She fell right in. And, and ha- from what I hear, she had a pen that recorded. She had all kind of like go-go gadget. Really? Yeah, go-go gadget, <laughs> inspector gadget, you know, a, a, a boutonniere, a flower button that, that could record. She had all sorts of earrings, like gem, that could record. She had all sorts of little devices. I heard um, shoes. I heard she shoes, really shoes, a pair of heels, <laughs> some reading glasses that had a camera on them. I mean, I want to see where she goes for her go-go gadget supplies because I want some. Um, I genuinely do want some. But... <laughs> I, I, I love that she knew who she was around and she didn't take the White House as seriously as she should have. Thus, we have all these receipts that very well might take down this criminal president of ours. Well, there are those who are still upset with her because they say she helped elect Trump, that she helped create this problem in the first place. Mm-hmm. But what I love more than anything, well, there's so much that I've found just fascinating about this tour that she's media tour that she is <laughs> mm-hmm. on has never worn the same outfit twice Can I tell she you? did about i promise you about seven or eight interviews in one day and changed every time but can i give from her the props today for show listening. to everything come can on i give her props or give props to the glam squad because the hair has been laid in every single segment the makeup the has makeup been airbrushed perfect. on damn near um you know you can you you don't see any kind of sweat and i the questions you're asking her i'd be sweating through my pores and through all the makeup. Makeup would be running off. Talking about the president of the United States and the CIA and... And like things that are criminal, like almost like she could go to, she could be charged with charges for the things she's talking about on these shows. Yet I don't see a drip of sweat. She's because she knows (laughs) that her 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 insurance are the tapes. Yeah, yeah. No one's gonna come at her with anything. That's so true. Because they're scared. Mm -hmm. They are scared. But props to the ensemble. Listen, you may not like her, but you gonna gonna put some respect on that name. name. Even if you are a bear, okay? Pray (laughs) for bear. (laughs) All right. Speaking of respect, MTV paid honor to um, Aretha Franklin. And within that honor, they had Madonna come to the stage. And people were not happy because they say Madonna um, spent most of that time talking about herself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And Madonna was, you know, she was upset by it. She came out and said, listen, they asked me to Mm -hmm. talk about the impact that Aretha had on my life. And so I did that. She felt that she did Mm -hmm. what she was asked to do. But people felt like it was a very selfish tribute. Mm -hmm. And it didn't really focus on the queen. And you know who I want to blame? I want to blame the producers yeah, of the MTV, MTV Awards. I Absolutely. don't necessarily blame Madonna. Here's the thing. And what Madonna has said is that she was asked to come present an award, which she did. Mm-hmm. She was not asked to come do a tribute to, to Aretha. Right. But what I have a problem with is the MTV Awards throughout the night and the day before kept plugging there will be an Aretha Franklin tribute. And where was it? They came in from the commercial break with, you know, Aretha belting in the background and images of Aretha. And then you see Madonna, you know, out there looking all kinds of crazy with a, a, a grill in her teeth, you know, and, and talking about how badass she is. 
is and her journey and then dropping little nuggets of Aretha Franklin-isms here and there. But it's like... How is that a tribute? Exactly. And what made me mad, I'm like, you have access to this... Aretha Franklin died at 76. And I think... And you knew it was coming. And beneath her, you have Diana Ross, Patti LaBelle, Gladys Knight, all are 74 years old and all able to move and come on stage and talk about this woman who was their contemporary. How dare you not invite someone like that to this show to do a brief... But beyond that, Layla Hathaway, mm-hmm. Lettucey, mm-hmm. you know, so many of the the great vocalists out there, you know, the, uh, of all ages yes. that have been influenced by this woman. And it could have been multicultural, mm-hmm. but how do you, how does MTV, which is known, it's, it's a music channel. Yeah. You know what I mean? They don't have videos and things, but they're rooted in music, yep. right? So they have access to just about anyone. Who would not be honored to come and pay tribute to Aretha Franklin at the MTV VMAs? And Who would not want to do that? So, so what happened? Mm-hmm. I just—it's just like the Tonight Show with Ariana Grande. Listen, no disrespect. She was there the night, you know, the evening that we found out that Aretha mm-hmm. passed. Mm-hmm. My thing is, we knew she was sick. We knew it was coming. I, I have no shade to uh, Ariana Grande. Mm-hmm. I think she is a lovely woman mm-hmm. and has a beautiful voice and is very talented. But I think when someone that is a legend like Aretha Franklin passes, that you prepare for that Absolutely. and you do a proper yes. treatment. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree. And I feel like, again, and I'm not trying to, to, to say that um, these young white people and young white um, professionals who are executives and producers and in senior senior leadership roles in television don't deserve to be there. But what also needs to be there is a seat for, you know, accomplished uh, professional black women and black men who I've worked for these big companies. I've worked for the NBCs and the CBSs and the Viacoms. And when you walk in, oftentimes, if you're a black person, you're one of maybe like, Two, you know, you're right. in, the ratio does not add up, and in senior leadership roles as producers, there's no, there, there's oftentimes none. So I can almost guarantee you that the folks that were leading the planning around the MTV Awards, there was not a black woman there or a black man among the top five folks that were planning the award show, and there very well might not be one in a leadership role at the Tonight Show. Yeah. I'm sorry, I do know the producers there that are executive producers, and one of them is my really good friends. Shout out to Katie, what's good, girl? But there's no black women or black men that are executives for the Tonight Show. Period. Yeah, it's unfortunate. And listen, here's the thing: like you said, no shade to the up and coming um, white artists that are out there, very talented, or even the the even more established ones. But here's the thing: Aretha Franklin, in addition to be being an incredible and completely original, one of a kind musical force on this planet. She was a civil rights activist, mm. right? Mm. When Angela Davis was was arrested back in the day, Aretha wanted to take money out of, out of her pocket and pay the tens of thousands of dollars, you know, to, to get her out. I mean, she was ready to put mm. up the mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. So part of that tribute ha- ha- needed to consider that and include artists who stood on the shoulders oh my God. of an Aretha oh my Franklin God, yes. who benefited from the blood, sweat, and tears that she put in you know, in those years in the group, because mm-hmm. she, uh, someone who understood, mm-hmm. right, her struggle as a black woman and as a black artist in this in this business and in this country. That's a tribute needs to be needs to include people who understand that mm-hmm. and who have a connection, mm-hmm. not just love the music, but you actually have a connection. And to me, it, it was a miss. It by was a MTV. miss. It well, was you know what? Miss. I'm going to say this. I thought the whole award show was a miss by MTV. I didn't think it was entertaining and really that watchable. And also, I is feel that like because you're older, child, I think it is. And, and I think I have an old soul, <laughs> as I was told half an hour ago. But I also feel like MTV is so caught up on catering to this this young generation of viewers, this demographic that they're so they're so worried about keeping yeah. that they're not thinking about who else is watching the show. Right. And a clip like the clip that went viral of Madonna tri- paying tribute to Aretha, the folks that are outraged I don't think are the demographic of people that they were catering to, that they're trying to produce that show around. No. And a lot of the folks that were watching the show, because ratings are down, child. They are yeah. down like 8%, I think, from last year and a year before. They were down, and down, down, down. So the, the, catering to this audience of young people might not be your answer, MTV. A lot of the folks that remember the MTV Awards as this iconic moment to wait around for all year round 
are folks that are my age and that are older and that grew up when Madonna was performing in her bridal gown. And right. Remember Britney Rolling Spears? around on the floor. Yeah. yeah, and them doing these moments. So stop trying to do the show for 19-year-olds. 19-year-olds might know, I get it, they might know who Madonna is. That's why you brought her out. But a lot of folks that are older recognize who Aretha is and recognize what she meant beyond just being a great songstress. Yeah. And we want to see something better done. You Make can it do about better. the music. Yes. Where was Stevie Wonder? Exactly. Smokey Robinson. That's what I'm saying. Stevie Wonder keeps the keyboard exactly. in his backpack. Janet is doing a tour right now. Why wasn't Janet there doing something or presenting, doing something of or another? If it was I in know. New York, she's in New York right now. Shooting that video in Harlem. Yeah, yeah. but she's probably over them too. She's yeah. like, Bye. is it MTV calling me? Just hang up. <laughs> <laughs> Decline. 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 So let's talk about some big season finales this week. Oh, my God. Queen Sugar and Love Is. Oh, my goodness. I, I don't know where we should start. Queen Sugar? Yes, let's do Queen Sugar. Yeah, because yeah. that show mm-hmm. is just, it just, the, Ava DuVernay, I just, it, the show is everything. It's everything. It, it is just everything we that final episode someone was saying on social media it felt like a series finale because Mm -hmm. it gave you so much and it tied so Mm -hmm. much up and they were like you know it felt like there were no more stories to like what's left if you wrap up everything and I was like no that's because Ava is a storyteller she has so much more in her she doesn't have to drag like string us along as viewers she doesn't have to toy with us you know next season will be something all new you know what I mean and 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 that that's the brilliance of Ava DuVernay. You know what I kept thinking when I was watching was what? that you know in TV and with the awards because Queen Sugar has never gotten an Emmy nomination, it's never gotten a Golden Globe nomination. Mm-hmm. But I look at the categories that exist and the awards, you know, the major awards platforms, and I was looking at Queen Sugar and I was like, this is not a drama per se. It's like something to what me. What do you mean? It's 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 emotion and it's life infused with scripting. It's just I see I almost see now how. A lot of the voters don't get what Queen Sugar is because it's just so much bigger than anything that is. I love it so much. It is like a movie. It's that's what I was gonna say. It's, yeah. It's it, it should it should almost there should almost be a category separate from you know the dramas that exist in TV because shows like Queen Sugar come along and they hit you with this feeling of this is a reflection of life you know and there is scripting going on but it feels like these people are so into these characters like the little boy who got up and gave that speech I don't want to give too many spoilers away mm. against the police I was sobbing like, oh, I yeah. wasn't expecting that I, I wasn't thinking it was going to be that but it felt into his own Micah oh, Micah oh my god he stepped Micah. into his own but here's the thing it, I mean I, I understand what you're saying because it, the cinematography yep. and even though it's television it's so beautifully Shot, shot to so the, beautiful. you know, you you'll have Nova and Aunt Vi having a conversation, and in the distance are the crops Cornfield. blowing in, blowing the, wind. in the wind. Right. It's just Ooh. in the sky. Mm. It, 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 it and this skin, the, the beautiful skin tones that yeah. the way she lights. It's on another of level. Color, it on is another on level. another level. So yeah, the category it would be the only yeah. show in that category. category. It would be all by itself. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we loved Queen Sugar. Yes. Um. But love is, I'm yes. having such issues. I love this show. Okay. Let me say this. Um, but I have a problem with the main two characters. What's I the don't I don't like um Yasir. Yeah. Okay. I feel the same way. He's too much of a problem for me for for Nuri so early into this relationship. We're talking like three, four weeks mm-hmm. to be so in love yeah. that she just kind of disregards how he disrupts her life Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. has no concern about her and what she wants and what she cares about from the Valentine's Day thing to showing up at her job. Mm-hmm. I just, I can't get past you it. You know what I wonder when I watch it? Because it's based on Mar Brock Akil and, and Salim. Akim, uh, Salim, sorry. But when I watch, I'm like, wait, is this how? She says it's 90% accurate. So maybe that's why. Because to me, some of it just does not seem like it plays well, even as a viewer. I'm like, this is wacky. Girl, this is too soon, like you're saying. Yes. But I'm like, if that's really how it went down in her life. Yeah. Then it is. All these what it years is. later, they're still together. This is a part of their story, you yeah. know? So I try and keep that in mind when I watch that and show. And they're so young. And they're so and young. And think about yep. how st- 
how naive I was yes. going to say stupid, yep. but how naive you can be. You can be mm-hmm. early on in love. Yes, yes. But I, I just trying to tell scream. Me, if it's based on a true story, this really Sweet. happened. Then I go, really happened. I know. But I got to say, props to Own and props to Mara Brock Akil yes. and Ava DuVernay and all these black women who, you know, they tried to do the mainstream thing and be on CW Network and elsewhere. And I love that Mara has found this 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 vehicle like Own to put this kind of content out there. About black love. And I love that they're able to create here, do other things. She's oh on Netflix. Oh my God, yeah. She has Black Lightning. Yes. But I love this, the idea of black love. Like, I do and, too. and the idea of what it is to be a woman of a certain age, a black woman and a black man trying to find and navigate love. To yeah. me, that own is the place for that now. Did you see the episode where they went home to um, Yasir's? Um, oh, no, I didn't to see To see it. his son? Mm-hmm. You didn't see Mm-mm. I missed that one. I missed that one. I saw the finale. I'm skipping around. Okay. I saw the finale. I, I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> okay. Just okay. That. Just go watch that one. Okay. Done. All right. Well, we are done with Read This, Read That for this episode. Chris, it is always great to have oh you here. God. It's like the homecoming. I love it here. I know. I know. I know. So where can we find you? I know you're working on your app, and yes. I cannot wait for it oh to come God. out. And when it's ready, you need to come back it. and Very talk soon, about y'all. it. You Very and maybe soon. your therapist. Yeah, done. Migdalia. Migdalia will be here, child. Y'all guys will love her, and you will be crying up in here, too, with me, because she gets she unpacks. I love it. Yes. Well, follow me, you guys, on Instagram, Twitter, at Witherspoon C. Facebook, Chris Witherspoon. Where can folks follow you? Yes. Well, listen, you know I have a million jobs. But follow Read This, Read That on all social media except, well, yeah, we're everywhere. Um, At Read This, Read That, except for on Twitter, leave off the last T for savings. And I, of course, am on New York Live every Monday through Friday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time if you're in New York. And then if you're in Boston, I'm on The Hub today at 12.30 live every day, Monday through Friday, Eastern Time. Well, in Boston, obviously, it's Eastern Time. And then I'm on The Tom Joyner Show every Tuesday and Friday. Um, at 8.15 a.m. You better get these checks, Jackie. No, check. You better get these checks. Let me tell you. <laughs> this girl is working. She's MP. working. And then on social media, you know, I'm on at Jackie Reed everywhere. And then, of course, you can catch my cousin, Joanne. Mm-hmm. She is back this weekend um, on TV, AM Joy Musty TV because she has got a lot to say. She's been gone for two weeks on a much-deserved vacation. Yes. So uh, the show will be AM Joy on MSNBC 10 a.m. Eastern Time. You do not want to miss Mm-mm. it because she's got a lot to say. I'll be watching. And follow her on social media at Joanne Reed. If you want to come to our live taping, which is also a watch party for the season three premiere of Greenleaf, hit us on social media, send us a message, and we will let you know the details at Jackie Reed, at Read This That, at Joanne Reed. See you there. All right, you guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.